Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Today, we're going to take a nice, special little holiday break. We've got something special in store for you, a little gift, you might say. Uh, we've got an interview with Bill Motts and Bob Roth, the executive producers and writers behind the Lego Star Wars Freebaker Adventures and the new Lego Star Wars All-Stars uh, television show. So that's going to be coming up in just a minute. Lots of great little nuggets there. But first, we've got some cool announcements about uh, The Mandalorian and some other cool stuff. So, William, why don't you tell us about those? Oh, guys. I'm so excited. This week, the cast of The Mandalorian was revealed, and Pedro Pascal will be playing the main role of The Mandalorian himself. So that confirms a lot of the rumors uh, that Pedro Pascal would be um, uh, taking on the, the lead role. Uh, and we also have uh, Gina Serrano, who was from Deadpool, uh, Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad, Emily Swallow from Supernatural, Carl Weathers from The Predator, uh, Omid Abtahi from American Gods, Werner Herzog from Grizzly Man, and Nick Nolte from Warrior. Wow, that is an amazing, amazing cast. Yeah. Quite the cast. Yeah. The one that gets me is Carl Weathers. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, a lot, a lot of big names. Uh, which, yeah. is, which is amazing. He's been doing an acting, uh, like acting coach series, I hear. Some great talent. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. The other one Rest is Nick Nolte. Uh, Nick Nolte, too, was another one. Yeah. Oh, that was? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. that's okay. Anyway. <laughs> I, I never saw Arrested Development, so okay. Um, in it, Carl Weathers plays himself as oh, a, I forgot. Uh, acting coach for one of the characters. Oh, and, you're right. <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> anyway, now that uh, my joke has failed horribly, please continue. Uh, um, well, so one of the interesting things, I was taking a, deep, a closer look at the cast, and uh, while you may... I don't. Uh, Star Wars fans, if you if you only watch Star Wars, as we know some of you do, you know you don't watch anything else. Um, you may not recognize Omid Abtahi's name right away, but uh, he actually, believe it or not, played Mandalorian Cadet Amis in the Clone Wars. You know, we were with um, Corky and the other young Mandalorians. Okay, so um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that another one of those in which it was the? That was the man. The pacifist. Yes. Yes. When, when, you know, Ahsoka was teaching the kids, but hold on. I think this actually could be really cool. He played a Mandalorian cadet in the past. The show is called the Mandalorian. I wonder if he'll be reprising his role as Amos. It wouldn't surprise me. That is the type of thing I feel like we've seen recently where you get the weird animated callback of the same character. Yeah. I think of it. Kind of a Saw Gerrera type of thing. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's really cool. And uh, we'll see. I mean, we, we still know nothing about, uh, really, about The Mandalorian. We now know the cast, which is good, because they've been filming since September, I think, um, or early October. Um, but, the you know, we, we have that one picture, but that's about it. So in... Uh, the show will be out on uh, Disney's Disney uh, Disney's streaming service uh, this fall, so there's a lot to look forward to. The Mandalorian is going to be just amazing. I cannot wait. Also, uh, in other Star Wars television news, thought Resistance was over for the year. Think again. Uh, in a surprise announcement this week, Lucasfilm uh, revealed that 12 new shorts... Uh, last week, I guess now is recording this. Twelve new shorts featuring Kaz, Tora, Tam, Flix, and Orca, Hype, Niku, and the Aces are debuting over the course of December on Disney Channel's YouTube channel. And if you thought that's a lot of channels, you would be right. Um, six of the episodes are already up as we're recording this. Three were released on the first Monday, uh, was December 10th, and then another three this morning as we're recording this, uh, December 17th. So um, my guess is that over the next two more Mondays, we'll get the other six episodes. Um, Seems but, likely. Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, but they're, you know, each one is about a, a minute, minute and a half in length. And just kind of small little vignettes about uh, different characters on the uh, uh, on the Colossus. So we get, uh, so far the episodes are The Search for Kaz, uh, which is a first-person perspective from, uh, from BB-8. Um, Dart and Cover, 
uh, Niku's Reward, and then uh, three Ooh. shorts about Flix and Orca from the Office of Acquisitions. When Thieves Drop By, Treasure Chest, and GLN. So um, I don't want to don't want to spoil it other than to say, Tom, your favorite old man from the bar may or may not play a role. So, you mean in one of those last three episodes? In one of those I'm gonna last have to watch three, it then yes. Because out of all those, those last three episodes sound very interesting to me because yeah. I like those two guys in the parts department. Yeah, they're, 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 they're fun. So uh, definitely check those out. Again, not, uh, not a huge thing, but it's kind of fun, and it's a nice way to tide our, everyone over for uh, the break until the beginning of next year. Uh, because first thing next year, we're going to be getting uh, episode 12, Bebo, apparently is the episode name, followed by Dangerous Business and The Doza Dilemma. So uh, a couple more episode titles for you. So stay tuned for that. Interesting. And with that, I think it's time to roll into our interview with Bill Motz and Bob Roth. These guys are great, and we think you'll really enjoy the interview. So take a listen. Hi, Bill. Hi, Bob. Uh, welcome back to the show. We're really excited to have you. Oh, we're excited to be Thank back. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Now, for everyone who doesn't know you, although I think everyone does know you, you are the ones behind the fan favorite novel, From Trenches to Wrenches, The Roger Story. Now, <laughs> I want to start things off pretty simple. What was it like getting to meet Roger and like getting the chance to tell that story? It's just, I was captivated from the moment I picked it up. Chapter, I think it was 182, was perfect. <laughs> well... Uh, hard question to answer. Uh, <laughs> Roger was everything we imagined him to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a story that really can't be contained in just one book. Right. Now you need a second volume, right? That's right. Now, do you ever think he's actually going to get it published or is it only going to be in the visual format that he's going to tell the story? I, 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 oh, it'll self, be self-published. Self-published absolutely. on the Hollow Net, yeah. as he says. You know, yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> It's there for anybody who wants to download it. Yes. And aside from uh, Captain Phasma having done one mm-hmm. download. She only left a half-star <laughs> review. Too. Yeah, that, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Five stars. Thanks for showing us the location of the Jedi Starfighter. <laughs> right. Yeah, yes. It, yes, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Actually, the thing that she was most miffed about was the cookie recipes. Right. Um, yeah. She tried them and yeah, they were not good. They were not up to her. Well, that's standard. why you updated them, right? In volume two? <laughs> That's yeah. right. Updated. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes, yes, the thing is, yeah. you need the bantha butter. Oh, so that's a secret. Oh. That's always important. Yeah, they get too, they're too hard. It's yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, on a, on a more serious note, I mean, we, we've always loved the Lego Star Wars series. And the Freemaker Adventures, which you guys did starting two years ago, I believe, is easily the best yet. And you guys took Lego Star Wars style onto a whole nother level and you turned into this really fun, canon adjacent series focused on a family of builders. And with All Stars, you guys decided to take a larger view of the galaxy with appearances by beloved characters from across the saga. What was like the, the thinking behind this change going from the Freemaker Adventures to now All Stars? Well, there, there's there's a not glamorous answer to it all, which is <laughs> we we had to we knew moving into this season we had to find ways to tie into the movies and products that would be on in the theaters and on the shelves, and that which meant mm-hmm. you know we had to move forward to the Last Jedi and simultaneously move backwards to Solo, um, which you know that's a juggling act. How do we do a story that? that does does all that and uh, credit to carrie beck we were we were all sort of um sort of searching for what this next thing could be there were a lot of ideas being tossed around um and she was the one who came up with the idea of we should really tell the story of the freemakers uh parents and descendants and as soon as she said that we're like yep that's what we should be yeah, doing. That's because that's mm-hmm. what the, the films did. Right. You, know, you start with Luke and then you go back and meet dad. Right. 
and now we jumped ahead to a nephew. And, right. Um, and, and so, and so that that kind of mirroring of the the mainstream saga made sense from a Lego Freemaker point of view. And what was fun is, I mean, we had mused about how did the Freemakers come to be, and mm -hmm. what was that whole story a little bit. And fans had certainly asked a mm -hmm. lot about, you know, what's their story. And we sort of had a, a you know a couple rough ideas in our head, but uh, when Carrie said, "Let's really explore that," we just lit up and and the mm -hmm. idea that that uh, I think we can take credit for that we got very excited about is let's do a stealth prequel and mm -hmm. a stealth sequel in a way that you know that we as soon as we were like you know what we could do we could meet mom and we could meet dad and not realize they're mom mm -hmm. and dad until we're deep 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 into the story uh, and that was really exciting for us mm -hmm. um, so as soon as that idea popped up I think. Mm -hmm. Everything started to coalesce around that. Like, mm -hmm. you know. So that was kind of helpful. You know, the the Lego uh, Star Wars All Stars title was actually something that it was tying into a, a sort of a larger philosophy of, of what Lego was wanting to do with the franchise. Mm -hmm. But it actually allowed us sort of the cover. <laughs> right. If if we had continued under the Freemaker name, it would have been obvious what we were doing. So right. uh, it made it fun. It's sort of this, uh, you know. It, sort of that smoke and mirrors trick to get mm -hmm. it, get the audience off balance to suddenly discover, we hope. Uh, and it looked like from what we were seeing from fans online that there was some amusing, but for the most part, I don't think people saw it coming too right. readily anyway. Mm -hmm. No, not well, at all. I, I think that was the one thing that was most surprising. Like the announcement didn't have anything like the, the poster, the, the, oh, uh, we, the press release. We, we will credit Josh Rhymes at Lucasfilm. Um, we, we told him early on, it's like, this only works if nobody knows it's coming. And he was like, I 100% agree. And then mm -hmm. he made it a full-time job to smack down every press release, ad, <laughs> print ad, nonsense that tied into yeah, the Freemaker adventures. There's a few that I think mm -hmm. you know, people not knowing that wish you know, put mm -hmm. past his, and he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. No people in the promos department had to go and recut a few ads and, based wow. on yes. don't give away the big surprise. So I'm sure we're not mm -hmm. their favorite people at the moment, mm -hmm. but yeah, but it was, uh, but I think it, it helped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of, I think one of the funny things I've found about the show was it seemed like that the Freemakers were kind of key to the whole series. And mm -hmm. it also appears that some of the events may not have happened if it were not for the Freemakers. So the question for you guys is, how did you pick which moments within the series to make that work? Oh, that's a good question. I, really I, good I, question. I don't... You know, it, You're so, asking us to open up our heads and pull, pull our brains out. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> that would actually be kind of gross. But you yeah, know, anyway, it, 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 yeah. But it, it all comes out of free flowing conversations of what if we did this? What if we did that? What are the ramifications of this? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I wish we had a quick pithy answer. You for know, that, so but. I mean, one of the things that you know, we because we knew that um, you know the solo story, for example, mm -hmm. uh, that. You know, it would make sense, you know, to tell the story on Corellia, mm -hmm. and it would be kind of funny, you know, what's the funny dynamic of who would Han Solo's friend be? You know, right. there was sort of this kind of, uh, the, the relationship you get with Han and Chewie, that sort of um, connected mm -hmm. opposites in some respects, you know, mm -hmm. they, uh, Han's always a, you know, uh, leap before you look kind of person and <laughs> Chewie's a little more I can't think careful and measured so there's something really funny in, in that dynamic of having Pace be sort of a really ex extreme version of that being sort mm -hmm. of he's we can't think about it because we you know have had people like this in our own lives but we ask ourselves the question why are we friends with that person still? <laughs> <laughs> what you know uh, yeah, we've been friends for 20 some years with this person why are we still friends with them and <laughs> Uh, and I, I thought it was kind of, we thought it was kind of funny that, you know, Pace might have that feeling about Han Solo. Right. And yeah, you, you think about Han, you think about what would it be like to be Han's best friend, and you mm -hmm. realize it's great when you're watching it on a movie screen. It's probably, in reality, less fun to be Han Solo's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's going to get the girl, he's going to yes. do crazy things that get you in trouble. 
you know, it, yeah. it, it all, it all it'll somehow it'll come out in the end, but man, everyone will be a little singed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so, so that was, that was really fun to think about that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the, the other thing that sort of, at least for the first two episodes kind of made it all click for us, no pun intended was, um, you know, we, how, we, how can you not, when it comes to Legos, you have to use that kind of, right. Especially we, we, we were thinking about, I don't know exactly how we got on this idea, but it occurred to us that pace and Lena were two separate Bruce Springsteen songs. And, and I actually, I was really pleased looking at the art of solo scene that, uh, the filmmakers actually had the same idea, um, that, that, Corellia is born to run. Um, and we were like, yeah, that's Pace. If you listen to the lyrics of that song, that's sort of what we were trying to capture with Pace of mm-hmm. a hopeful dreamer who wants to get out of this industrial monstrous machine that is going to crush him and kill him. Uh, you know, it's a death rap. It's a, it's a death trap. It's a suicide rap. we got to get that's, out while we're young. Oh, God, that's too funny. Yeah. And then we realized Lena is Thunder Road, which is very much a similar song, but has a more cynical take on the world. Mm -hmm. That's not a song of a dreamer who's looking to the horizon to say, I got to get out of here. That's, you know, it's a town full of losers and I'm pulling out of here to win. So, so as if making the dance, the tango with the films wasn't hard enough. We actually tried for a while to see if we could work lyrics into the script, (laughs) but just decided that was, that was just a step too far. (laughs) We couldn't do it. But but as a fan who mm-hmm. kind of saw a Bruce Springsteen concert over the weekend that was on Access TV, sure. I would have died laughing if those lyrics actually made it into both in any of those said <laughs> yeah. by those two characters and now made the connection. Right. Yes. Well, it wasn't for lack of effort, but it really felt like wow, we're we're trying real hard to get that line in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, those songs do become kind of touchstones for those yeah. characters. So we, we we listen to them all the time yeah. just to sort of get us in the spirit of it. And then uh, you know, and then moving forward, we knew that uh, that that Moxie and you know, the hardest thing about writing in the star Wars universe is coming up with names for characters. Mm-hmm. It is so hard. David Shane, who was one of our writers on the Freemaker adventures, um, and, and wrote uh, a lot of the shorts that made up, uh, from trenches to wrenches. He's got this mutant ability to come up with really good star Wars names. Um, but we'll tell you, we were deep into the drafts of the first two all-star episodes when pace and Lena were still called Steve and Jane, because we were having wow. a hell of a time coming up with real names. But Moxie, we we came up. So you know, we often come up with placeholder names. Moxie was the first name we came up with for that character, mm-hmm. and it just felt right as soon as we said it. It felt like it works in this universe. It tells us exactly who she is. It feels like she is a synthesis of the three uh, Freemaker siblings. siblings, and yeah. um, it just fit and it felt right. And she came out, you know, fully formed. Um, wow! Possibly because you know we knew. She was going to have, you know, a little bit of each each of the Freemakers in her. Um, and so, yeah, that's sort of how it all came to be. Yeah. I, I have to say it was perfect, perfect, perfect name. answered a completely different yes. question than you guys No, asked. that's, the, no, that's but, totally but, fine. Honestly, yeah. I would never have made the Bruce Springsteen connection. And it would be interesting to see what other kind of songs you have within your writer's room that you're playing in the background that wove itself into the, the, the fabric of the show. Um, Steven, I think you got you got a question. Yeah, I, was, I kind of, you know, so first couple episodes deal with, uh, you know, prequel era, Han Solo, uh, not really prequel era, but, you know, Han Solo movie era. Right. Uh, next couple take place in the Resistance. Did you have like a time period you felt like you were most uh, enjoyed kind of fitting things into or were they both kind of about even? Well, it was, uh, I will say fitting stuff into the Solo era was easier. We knew we came up pretty quickly with the idea of, um, you know, we'll we'll start before the movie. And meet Han just by himself before he's met Chewie. Then we'll do a story with Chewie before he's met Han. Uh, And then we can leap a forward in time the way the movie does. And we can meet Lando essentially just before he meets Han. And then we can kind of close it out with Han and Chewie together as we know them when they walk into, you know, the Mos Eisley Cantina. Um, And all that felt, you know, solid and good and, and, uh, um, you know, pretty easy to lay out. Um, 
working in the sequel trilogy era was really hard in that, you know, Ryan Johnson, God bless him, did not put any daylight between the force awakens and the last Jedi. (laughs) So, okay, we got to find ways to shoehorn our characters in just sort of off to the side of the, the camera lens. Um, and, you know, do our best to make it feel like, you know, this Rosencrantz and Guildenstern story is, is going on now Mm -hmm. had the experience of, you know, the season two finale of Freemaker adventures where, you know, our characters are tap dancing their way through, through, uh, return of the the Jedi. Jedi. So, We'd had some practice doing that, but it was a whole new challenge to go, okay, we really got to um, yeah. find yeah. ways to thread the needle here. And it, it was particularly hard in The Last Jedi in the final episode where right. we had to chart out all the events from Holdo, you know, flying the, uh, the uh, starship at light speed through the fleet to, you know... Um, Ray and and uh, Kylo teaming up in the lightsaber fight, and all, you know everything—the battle of Kray, all of that. How you, yeah, that <laughs> dance was was tricky. But the big advantage it gave us was that we could finally fulfill a wish that we had for a long, long time, which was to actually see Grabala's beachside resort. Right, <laughs> right. As soon as we knew we yes. were going forward in time, we're like, well, yeah. the one thing we're definitely yeah. I mean, as soon as we heard Cantobite, we're like, oh, there it is. That's <laughs> what we're. <going> <laughs> There was actually a moment we heard about Canto Bite all the way during the story sessions of season two of Freemakers, and there was a thought of having the characters go to Canto Bite mm. and uh, and have Grabala, have them run into Grabala there, and he's you know laying out the land to to finally start building his casino. And I can't remember exactly why that all fell apart. It was something we yeah. used on for a- afternoon when it looked like it was a possibility, and then we were told nope. You can't do it after all. Um, mm. But yeah, so we'd, we'd had the idea of Cantobite, and that's where Grabala would eventually settle and, and build that resort. Um, we'd had that for a long time. That idea was kicking around. The other, I, the other part that's super tricky, too, about it all was, you know, animation takes a good long time to, to do, and right. we needed to have these come out in a timely fashion with the films, which meant that we had to begin all this uh, early, Um so we had basically the scripts of the films that we were able to read and mm-hmm. um, a few sketches, production sketches. Yeah. And, you know, so it, I remember having lots of discussions about the conveyance train. So like, okay, so what's it look like and how's it work on the track? And, you know, what's, you know, this, that. So, and that's one thing, again, we can sort of tap dance around that and write around, you know, a little bit of like, okay, the, you know, the convex train does this and it turns here and that kind of thing. But then our poor animators actually have to like build and model and design sequences to feel like they are a part of the film while those films are actually being shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, you know, it was amazing that it all came together. The amount of communication that everybody happened. at Will film. Um, did an amazing just job. Did an amazing just, job, and you know, and thanks generously to the filmmakers and, and Lucasfilm for, you know, like providing, you know, here's this image and here's that, so you can at least reference something. But wow, it was a bit, it was a bit tricky at times. It was. Yeah. Well, I thought you did, guys did an amazing job, as you said. You know, the the first few episodes, they definitely felt more like a a, a new story. And I was completely, you know, we got to see how they tied in a little bit to Solo you know, before mm-hmm. certain events. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the twist happens where we find out that they're actually the Freemaker parents, which I just, I love. Right. My jaw's on the floor at that point. I'm like, whoa, this just got amazing. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> okay, so I have to ask, I have to ask, at what point did you figure it out? Honestly, it was it wasn't until they got to the shop and and Pace was yes. walking around, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I, I "Wait agree. a minute! I, I know this you. shop. This they're on the wheel, yeah. right? You know, like wait a minute. This this something something's off here." Uh, and, and I hate to say I, this, I, can I throw this in there? The other dead giveaway: the mustache did not work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I felt really bad. I was watching it with my wife. I'm like, oh, "Yeah, see this? Like, it's the wheel. This was in the previous Lego series. It's just it's a nice little tie." Oh. Not a tie-in. <laughs> Prequel. Got it. <laughs> and, and then, and of course, the the inclusion of Grabala's beachside resort and buffet was just so perfect. 
I like mm-hmm. Garbal is one of my favorite characters, so I was so happy that he finally achieved his dream after forty years. Yes. <laughs> well, we were happy to, you know, to, to let him it, have it for a moment and then take it all away from him. Yes. yes. <laughs> to have it, yeah, five years actually just, you know, rip right. it apart was just mm-hmm. sweet. Oh, it's sweet. It was crushing. God. And to throw this question in there, I know you guys posted a picture, but what was it like to work with Kelly Marie Tran? Did she actually do the voice of Rose in that? She, she actually, actually did. did. It was, it was, uh, we were so fortunate that she agreed to do that she was delightful cool so incredibly laid back Mm -hmm. um charming enthusiastic to do it um i mean wow to be able to have her actually who breathed life into that character Mm -hmm. uh, be there for us too and you know i it was it was an honor to to meet her and and she was just you know Mm -hmm. such a little ray of light and and you know and then we get we have to sit on that for like a year. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and wow. and uh, I guess you had Alan Tudyk as well as K two S O. We did, yes. Oh, and I missed that. Yeah. Oh, I missed that one. And he was, you know, he again, he, you know, was uh, in the booth, and he knows that character inside and out, and would take our kind of stupid lines that we wrote, and then you know. Do variations plus, them, all over plus the them and try this or that. And, you know, I, I think we had something about the orange jacket in one of the lines. I remember he must have done uh, just a thousand variations on the orange jacket. And, they'll, and finally he came up with that. You know, what a lovely jacket that just <laughs> made us laugh really hard after he's really complained about it. And yeah. uh, anyway, he, he's just a really kind and gifted t- uh, man. And it was really a pleasure to be able to, to watch him breathe life into our show, too. Right. Yeah, I, um, I I was actually wondering how much coordination of the voice actors is there between the different shows. I thought everyone did an amazing job. I know it's like uh, you know Carolyn Hennessy was she played General yeah. Leia, and I believe right. she was added to Rebels. Oh, sorry, to Star Wars Resistance fairly late in the game. Uh, yes. So like, how much coordination is there between the shows to make sure you have the same uh, actors? Mm. And it's yeah. not. It's not. Um... I would say it was not a mandatory in, ter- in terms of using no, the same we, actors. No, we, we, we've always been told, use who you want to use, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we also are like, well, <clears throat> the Rebels team, the Resistance team, they, you know, they did a pretty good job casting Lay on both shows. They did, yeah. Like, why, why? Hera, for example, yeah, we got yeah. to use Vanessa. Mm-hmm. And- why, why, you know, listen, if, we're nothing if not lazy. So <laughs> we are, but the amount of work somebody else did the show, work. You're not lazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if, but, if there's a voice that's working, why fight it? But we like we liked as much continuity as we could get. <laughs> uh, I think you know just to keep it all feeling a part of the same world universe, rather. Right. Yeah. No, I thought you guys did a, a fantastic job with that for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I have to ask. Um, so we we find out later uh, in the in the series in the in the season uh, that Cordy is now a New Republic senator. Um, yes. yes, but I don't correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we see Xander and Rowan at all during the Resistance time period. We don't. What happened you know, to them? Not. Are they still? You don't them? see Becky Smoochenbacher either. You don't. Yeah. yeah what happened to oh, Becky, Becky Smoochenbacher? <laughs> but she is. Yes. It, it, uh, Machi is Becky and Xander's daughter. Oh, we she is. Okay, that. I was wondering. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, we we have our ideas of what happened to the three Freemaker siblings. Um, I don't know if I want to answer that though. Okay. I kind of like leaving it a little okay. mysterious. Yeah, because I mean, you know, we never completely settled on things. I know certain fans have said, "Please, please tell me, like, you know, Courtney didn't die in a hospital." <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Okay, that, was oh, yeah, that, question. that was a question. <laughs> yeah, we we know where the Freemakers are, and they're all safe and sound. Okay. Uh, okay, but, but they're, I, they're all off doing their own separate thing. I have one question. I have one question. Cordy died on Hosnian Prime. Cordy did not die on Hosnian Prime. Okay, Um, there we go. We have the idea that she got invited to a timeshare. Grabalas. (laughs) Grabalas. You know, like a timeshare room thing. And she was like, well, you know, I never want to turn down a deal. So Did she know Grabala owned the timeshare? Oh, that's too funny. No, no, of course not. She got there and she was like five minutes into the presentation when she was like, wait a minute, Grabala? No, I'm out. (laughs) I haven't seen him in 20 years or whatever it is, right? (laughs) Yeah. 
Either that or she was meeting with her constituents on the wheel, one or the other. But she survived positive. Okay, yes. good, good. Okay. I like to think she was having a, t- a town hall meeting and it was going pretty well, yeah. except somebody was complaining about the elevators taking too long. <laughs> um, and I'll God. say, you know, Xander, Xander is, you know, the shop we meet Moxie in. That's where Xander is. We don't know where that shop is. I don't think it's on the wheel. Um, but, you know, that, that was Moxie working in her dad's shop. Um, okay. And and Rowan, I want to keep him mysterious. I want to—he's okay. somewhere. The clues are in the the Freemaker Adventures, um, but I think that's all we'll say on that. Okay. So, have you left clues about what happened to Durpin? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Blue well, Strike. Yeah. They, they started a bed breakfast on Jakku. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. And then it blew oh. up at the Battle of Jakku. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Just doesn't work out for them, do it? Does it? No. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my big regrets is not bringing them back in uh, All Stars trenches to ranches. Yeah, uh, I, I thought I that. Wish we... Sorry, go ahead. We, we... go ahead. Uh, oh, I thought that might have been them in the Droid Rescue Gambit at first, but then I realized it, it, it wasn't. It, it was at one point, and here's just again the not glamorous um, answer. You know, when when we make these shows, we we have a budget for how many voices we can use. Mm-hmm. And we need to rely on actors who can double and triple up because of the way the the contracts work. Um, And it just wound up being because there were so many pieces to trenches, trenches versus uh, trenches, trenches to wrenches. wrenches. My gosh, it's been a long day. Uh, So many pieces, so many characters. We just wound up blowing the budget for voice actors and we couldn't get, you know, those two characters in because, Richard Kind, he is fantastic. But he's but identifiable he, as Richard Kind. We've tried at one point, we're like, how yeah, we can have Richard do a stormtrooper too? Just one line of stormtrooper, right? And it's like, nope, you can totally tell that's Richard Kind. Yeah, fuck some all you want, it's Richard. And that's his <laughs> gift, but that's yeah. also, you know. Uh, but that said, I, I regret it. I wish we'd found some way to yeah. save somewhere else in the budget, but. Um, but we didn't. And well, we didn't was, get I mean, there was a time jump to, uh, you know, have they really been in all this for all this time? Mm-hmm. And I kind of like the idea that after their close call on Jakku with the uh, arrowhead, that they just decide, you know what, forget it. We're not going to be a part of the Empire mm-hmm. anymore. We're going to go off and do our own thing. And, you know, yeah. that they found sort of. That's true, too. We gave them yeah. kind of a nice goodbye right off into the sunset. And, yeah, we uh, wanted them to sort of, you know what, they left the Empire. They're. Just trying to make it. That's right. why we always said the, the bed and breakfast someplace. Yeah. Just. <laughs> so, so he's not like a sub 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 ensign anymore. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> the moment that he got Plume Striker to to admit that, oh, this is a this is a lousy job. That was that was victory for Plume Striker. <laughs> uh. yeah. Okay, let's just ditch. So mm-hmm. they're really des- they're empire deserters, yeah. is what they are. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. So so they're out there in the wild somewhere. Yeah, maybe and Phasma we'll goes after them again. at some point. Mm-hmm. That's not, yeah. I like to think that they're somewhere happy, you know, but it's more of a faulty towers happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, it's good to know that they're they're doing well for the most yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about the format of the series a bit. The mm-hmm. the Freemaker Adventures more your traditional style, twenty two minute episodes. All yeah. Stars mixes things up a bit. You know, the first episode was a compilation of eight shorts with Roger as he reads chapters from his autobiography from Trenches to Wrenches, the Roger stories we talked about. Right. And the various you got to mix in various characters from the saga. And then for the next four episodes, we got 22-minute episodes, but they were kind of split into two pieces and they told the same story, but each mm-hmm. was had its own each had its own like title and, and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. can you talk a little more about that and any advantages it might have given you as a for storytelling? Well, it, again, particularly in the solo era, it felt like, wow, it just works naturally that, you know, we can tell we can tell uh, stories with our characters that tie in uh, to Han, to Chewie, to Lando and to Han and Chewie. It felt like, you know, we get to see the phases of Han Solo and we get to see the phases of Chewie and then we get to throw in Lando, too, because he's so much fun. Um, but we needed jumps. Yeah. You know, we needed mm-hmm. that. that um, it, it laid out beautifully in a way that if we'd done traditional 22-minute episodes, it wouldn't have worked. And it would have been mm-hmm. 
really apparent. The Freemaker apparent thing would have been apparent. Right. Um, <laughs> because they would have Good been point. at the same half hour in a way that was kind of obvious, I yeah, think. Yeah. So kind of doing an encapsulated and, and sort of doing the trenches. Trenches. I can't, boy, we can't talk today. <laughs> trenches to wrenches. Uh, format up front kind of let the audience know that these are going to be smaller encapsulated stories. So even mm-hmm. though these were essentially 11s, mm-hmm. longer versions of it, they were th- you were thinking, we'd sort of tricked the audience into thinking of encapsulated episodes. Right. So you don't necessarily think that the episode with Pace and Han has any relationship necessarily to the Lena and uh, Chewbacca, Chewbacca one. story. Until and, they run into each other. <laughs> right. And so that, I think, w- it, it assisted our ability to sort of um, fool the audience into what is happening. Well, you guys hit a home run in that respect because, like, yeah, I, I, when I first saw the announcement, I'm like, oh, it's like completely separate, has nothing to do with it. I'm mm-hmm. watching it, it's a bunch of shorts, they don't really all seem to connect. And then all of a sudden, boom, they connect and they're actually part of the Freemaker Adventures. And then they're, you know, mm-hmm. weaving in and out of the whole saga. And it was just, I, th- I just thought you guys did such a great job on it. Well, thank, thank you so much. Thank you. And, and on that, I've got to ask you, did you guys have any kind of favorite recurring jokes that you had in the series? I mean, one one of the funny ones was you had Roger constantly sitting there and plugging his autobiography. And I did like Vader didn't seem like the family type. Yeah, that was that was the one we got excited about for all stars. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Were there any others that, that you guys kind of played with? Yeah, this is when Grabala says it, too. It's so it's so funny. <laughs> It's just so funny, but it, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there was there, and then also then became sort of a, a sub runner about, you know, even about Pace and Lena, you know, well, you don't see the, see the type, well, right. you kind of do, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, I, I think, especially in the sequel era, um, again, it was, it, it's not so much a running joke or maybe it's more of a motif, but just how many moments we could have our characters almost brush up against the main story without ever setting foot into it. You know, just they're there when, when uh, Rose and, and Finn and BB eight in a tret in a garbage can. And uh, um, they, you know, that and, and DJ walk by and our, our characters almost cross paths with yeah. them and mm-hmm. they almost stumble into the Ray Kylo fight. And they're there when, you know, the fleet is destroyed by the, by the hyperspace leap all those moments just sort of it, it kind of became a game of like you see han and yeah. uh finn and rose uh, uh ray right. uh come into into maz's castle mm-hmm. yeah that was like, fun it just sort of became like all right how many of these can we cram in i love the fact yeah. that you paid off bb8 picking up all the coins on canto bite and helping right. him get in and then they repaired the ship and flew it off it's so great yes uh, yeah it was again it was like it, it felt like well, there's there's something Ryan did for us yeah. that mm-hmm. totally helped us. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. It was like you know, <laughs> yeah. It was like well, that that'll play perfectly. Yeah, it, yeah it always amazes me how like you were talking about. You weave this kind of narrative and extra scenes throughout the saga. Like, how do you strike that balance between kind of bringing in something from canon, telling your own story, like and and like humor and seriousness of the kind of that you deal with on the kind of every single episode. Like, how do you balance well, those things together? I was going to say, I think the rule of thumb for me anyway, was sort of that, uh, has to ultimately be in service of the story. Right. And if it, uh, if we're bending too far to try to accommodate sort of the canon crossover, uh, and it feels that way, then it's not worth doing. But if it feels sort of organic or a part of the story, you know, we're, because Yes, we are dancing in the canon universe, but we are telling the Freemaker story. Mm-hmm. So um, it has to first work as a Freemaker maker story and then work as canon. And then the other, the other beautiful part of the Star Wars universe is there is so much that very rarely is there a need for you to create something whole cloth. You know, what, what, whatever type of setting, whatever type of creature you need, it's out there somewhere, either in the movies or, you know, Rebels or uh, Resistance or, you know, the Expanded Universe or uh, Clone Wars. Like, you know, I, I my personal little mission or the, one of the things that got me super excited was the Zillow Beast. I was like, you know, we needed <laughs> that was a great cameo. We needed a monster in that episode. Did, and we're like, you know, we could we could come up with a new one. Did Tracy or, put you up to that? 
<laughs> Did Tracy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but she was happy to see it. Uh, I was so excited I, too. I, I do remember the moment, you know, when we were pitching, we were, we were pitching sort of our plan for those episodes. Uh, and I, I got to the point where the Zillow beast showed up and, you know, Carrie Beck is always delighted when, when we use the canon to our advantage, when we, we find clever ways to combine these things and, 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 uh, you know, make it, make it a more cohesive whole. And, you know, we got to the end of the pitch and she went, you guys, the Zillow beast. And I went, I love the Zillow beast. And she said, I love that you love the Zillow beast. (laughs) (laughs) And then we found out, but we also found out that they had done the Zillow beast in a Lego Star Wars game. Right. In the Clone Wars game. So we could look, hey, it's already been designed. Yeah. (laughs) Reusing a sort of design asset. It'll be great. And it was a, it was a similar moment when we had the idea of, you know, let's do, it's one of the things I'm super proud of in these episodes. Rancors versus walkers. Like these are two things that are never going to be put together. And yet once you think, once you think of it, you're like, Oh my God, what a natural idea. How, how has that not happened yet? A horde of rancors rushing at a horde of walkers. That's going to be awesome. (laughs) That was fun. That was a lot of fun to see. I have to ask what, 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 what planet was that on? Was it on Dathomir or somewhere else? You know, there's a lot of kind speculation of on it. We we never named it in the script. Okay. It was named uh, Rancor Planet, um, <laughs> and, and Roger does refer to it as an unnamed planet yes. in this system. Gotcha. Um, it could be Dathomir, I suppose, but uh, that was not our intention. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We did kick that around, but there was mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what all the reasons were, so we just decided to let's not. No, there there was a point, you know there. <laughs> Everything in Star Wars winds up having to have a name, even if it's never named on screen. And you know, we 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 it was it was uh, all the way back in season one of the Freemaker Adventures, where Rowan holds up in a cave on a rainy planet, and we're like, we we said at one point, and we don't have a name for this planet because again, we hate coming up with Star Wars names; it's so hard. Uh, and we're never going to name it on screen anyways, so it doesn't matter, does it? And Carrie went, "No, you're right; it doesn't matter. Unnamed rainy planet, perfect. That works great." <laughs> So we, we followed suit on uh, on uh, the Rancor planet. We figure, you know, the galaxy is full of so many millions of stars, meaning so many billions of planets. Not all of them can have names. These are these are little uh, junky little, you know, tiny islands in the middle of the Pacific that nobody's ever set foot on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Makes sense. so, so to kind of go back to Roger, since Roger just basically did not even name a planet, mm-hmm. um, Roger looked like he might have sacrificed himself for for Moxie and Pro Kapow. Sorry, <laughs> Kapow. What made you guys decide at that moment that's what Roger was going to do? It it just uh, it it felt right in the story. Like it, it felt like you know we we're big fans of classic Disney and classic Disney's got you know Lady and the Tramp where it feels like um, I'm blanking on the dog's name. It seems like he dies at the end and then nope, he's fine. Trusty. Um, Trusty yeah, didn't die at the No, you you guys, come on. He didn't <laughs> die at the end. <laughs> Sorry. Right, but if there's a moment where oh right. no, he's dead. Right, right. No, he's no, not. He's, not dead. <laughs> he's fine. Uh, and, but know, it's also it's also very Star Wars to have a character sacrifice, sacrifice himself. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I mean even in uh, episode uh, 8, you know, it looks like Finn is going to do it and even, mm-hmm. you know, and and Luke does it. <laughs> and Luke does do it. And Obi Wan. Yeah. And so it's it's just a part of that noble sacrifice idea was something you know, and we felt like, you know, Roger is so often used for comedy in the show, but he's also the heart of the show in so many ways, and that was you know, uh, in in the theme of family, that Roger, even though he tries to get out of a work or, you know, sort of maybe shuffle off his duties one way or another, his heart is for those that family, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to kind of really show uh, just how deep his affection and commitment is to and love for them is. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's such a perfect end and way to kind of uh, close off the show in many ways too, because we start with you know tr- uh, Roger's whole life. We find out how he mm-hmm. how where he was created, how the battles he went through, how he met uh, Pace, 
and uh, and then kind of grew up with everyone over these 40 years and so mm-hmm. you know it, mm-hmm. by the time he sacrifices himself you, you're like oh no roger don't do it you know you start to feel a little mm-hmm. sad uh, yeah, yeah. and then he's okay but <laughs> yep. well you know r2 blows up at the end of a new hope that's exactly they dust him off he's fine yeah he's fine <laughs> and we saw roger falls apart so many times in, right, in, right. in this series uh but i just think you guys do such a great job with the show i mean some shows can be you know a little you know they can be a little over the top and and lego star wars uh is oftentimes very much over the top but it feels it always feels like it strikes the right tone uh Mm -hmm. and while the the things are a little crazy and you know not something you'd normally see in like star wars movie um it fits just perfectly and you like as steven was mentioning earlier it's got that right balance of humor and and seriousness where that i think it strikes it much, much better than um, most most shows do on TV. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. I mean, you know, we were hoping that uh, we wanted to have certainly the fun, the Lego fun, but mm-hmm. we wanted uh, our audience to not think of our characters as Lego characters because if you think of them as plastic minifigs, you don't worry about them. Mm-hmm. Um and but we wanted our audience to worry about and care for our characters. So that that meant the emotions had to feel real, the jeopardy had to feel real, the stakes had to be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know when someone like when Roger says that speech, which I I thought uh, Matt would mm-hmm. delivered so beautifully, mm-hmm. um, and ejects out of that uh, socket uh, to to save uh, Moxie and uh, Pow that. Um, you know, it felt emotional. I mean, I got I, the first time we saw that with music mix too. I I just got really choked up, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it's nice that you know we kind of then give you a little break and yeah, we, yes, we didn't kill the droid. It's fine, you know. But we were. I mean, you know, L three gets pretty banged mm-hmm. up, but uh, you know, even she finds some life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I just love how you, you were able to include everybody too. Yeah. yeah. She was a fun character, oh, right? And years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, the, the end of the season really seems to leave things o- open for mm-hmm. more stories to tell with the, with the Freemakers. Is it, is it the last we've seen of them or do you, do you think there's a, there's more stories or I know you can't announce any new seasons, but do well, you think there'll be um, any more to come uh, or any more, at least in your head? Uh, you know, we would happily write the Freemakers till, you know, the end of time. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think this is the end of the road, at least for us. I don't know what, um, the plans for, you know, yeah, uh, going, going, going ahead forward. Might one day there will, be, there but... will always be Lego Star Wars in one form or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the three companies sort of, uh, you know, Disney, Lego and, uh, Lucasfilm all sort of. Uh, recalibrated after All Stars to say, you know, what what can we do to to uh, get more notice, you know, in this incredibly fast changing media environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was their challenge. We went in a separate direction, and we're off to um, other new adventures uh, that you know um, will hopefully come to fruition. And right. you know, we we would. Uh, we still have great relationships with everybody at Lucasfilm, everybody at Disney, and everybody at Lego. And if they ever said to us, you know, let's do it again, let's, let's we, get the band back together, yeah, we we would be there in a heartbeat, yeah, uh, without question, because uh, yeah, we love we loved working with these people, we loved working on that show, and we love those characters. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, so I take it there's nothing to announce that you guys are moving on to whatever project next. No, there's no, <laughs> no, that, it, Hey, you know what? It's the industry. Totally understandable. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, you know, we, uh, we always knew that, you know, there would be a time when this magical adventure would come to an end and, and it has come to an end for us. Oh, yes. You know? Okay. So, um, so again, you know, we are still in contact regularly with, uh, with uh, Lucasfilm. Folks, yeah. honest to gosh, we were supposed to have lunch with Carrie back today, but she, she was canceled sick. the last minute because she's got the flu. So, um, I guess that's a good excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very good excuse. It's yeah. a totally good excuse. Yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. we again, we keep we keep in constant contact, and you know, um, someday maybe the stars will align again, and we'll be right back in it, and we would you know, yeah. nothing would make us happier. Yeah, well, I, we, we are, hope you do because we are so thankful we we even got yep. the chance. I yep. mean, that's you know. It was 
just this amazing experience, a great adventure for all of us and for, especially for Bob and I. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think everyone is very proud of the show. So yeah. certainly, you know, and, it, and it's something that when we started all those years ago, we would have never dreamed that there would be something that says star Wars with our name on it that, you know, <laughs> that yeah. we didn't write in Sharpie on the bottom of it, property of Bill and Bob, which we've done. <laughs> <laughs> that, like it was legitimate to see your, your own name up there on that star field in that blue font. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So okay, we're so just question, thankful we got to do it. Yep. So, so one last question I do have to ask you guys, how many of the Lego sets do you have in your office? <laughs> oh my gosh. We one, two, three, four. Oh boy. And then there's a bunch of these little mini rings. Yeah, four, five, six, I think 15 right now. 15 ish for sure. Oh God, you guys are lucky. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> we'll say you know, just one of the advantages here is every now and again, our friends at Lego um, would get together because, like, you, you go to the offices in uh, Enfield, Connecticut, and there's just stuff everywhere. Lego stuff oh, everywhere. You guys um, are killing me. And they yeah. don't, you know, they they, they treat it like uh, like uh, you know paper um, paperweights. And, <laughs> One of our friends who worked with us on the show, he was moving offices and he just was like, ah, I don't want to deal with all this stuff. So he got a big junkie box and sent it to us. And he didn't tell us he was sending it. It just showed up on Bill's doorstep. <laughs> wow. And he brought it into our office here and we're like, what all is this? And, you know, it had the Millennium Falcon as seen in Solo months and months months before it was released to the public and it was like oh my god this is so cool look at this we, so we had to hide that that one we had to we couldn't display we had uh, to hide it in a drawer so <laughs> wow people couldn't see but you know it's proudly on display now yes yeah. which is super cool and yeah. you know yeah so it, it i know there's it, fun little things like you know the at the lego advent calendar this year star wars mm -hmm. advent uh, calendar has uh rowan for, yeah and rowan and arrowhead, arrowhead. yeah uh, you know how cool is that? Yeah, it's uh, we opened I'm pretty, up. I'm pretty sure that is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 and you know, and and Leland he uh, advocates for us all the time. Yeah. He's always constantly trying to to. Uh, I mean, he was such a gift mm -hmm. the whole the whole time, uh, guiding us through the universe. But then he also tries to sort of, you know, throw a little bit of our world into the larger yeah. Star Wars world when he can. And um, I, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Droidography, but it's fantastic, and it is essentially a Freemaker Adventures book, uh, but kind of rendered more realistically. <laughs> yeah, and so it's really it's fun. I mean. It, it's basically from trenches to wrenches with you know Roger talking about and my other droid buddies, right? Which is kind of fun. Um, so eh, it's just it's overwhelming sometimes to have been a part of this. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, if it never happens again, we had this and it was a fantastic experience. And if it happens again, we'll be delighted. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, you guys have done well, such a, an amazing job, and I just want to no, thank thanks. you for. Uh, for everything you've done. And uh, like I said, the Lego Star Wars is one of those things that I think it's easy for people to to overlook, but I always tell them like, wow, you know, you have to watch this. It is so good. It's some of the, some of the, some of the best, you know, Star Wars animation at times and that, nothing gets Rebels mm -hmm. and Resistance. And I love Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance, but like it's a different, different style. If you want something that's just funny and fun um, and just want to get your, you know, uh, kind of get your spirits up, watch Lego Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we, we, I, I, I stop me if I said this last time we were on the show, but we, we wanted these shows to be everything you feel when you watch a star Wars movie. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, the really great star Wars movies always make you laugh. They make you cry. They are exciting. They're surprising. They are thrilling. And we wanted all that in this show. We didn't want to just do, you know, a little kitty version of star Wars. Um, you know, it's, we, we have to keep in mind our younger audience cause that they're, that's our base, but mm -hmm. we want to make something that the whole family could enjoy and could look at it and go, you know what? That was a legitimate Star Wars yeah. story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's one of the, the best thing you guys did about this. And you were able to write some really good stories. And, and 
I just want to say I enjoyed them a lot, and I really enjoy the two of you coming onto the show and oh, talking you. to us and taking the time because we really appreciate this. This was really cool for you guys to do this. Ah, oh, our you. pleasure. We Thank you. Well, we are grateful to you guys for uh, you know been supporters of, of Freemakers and stars, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's nice. We, we by my often we lament. Uh, television making is a strange business in that, uh, unlike especially animation, especially uh-huh. and a part of it is that you know if you if you make a movie, you can go to the movie theater, right, mm-hmm. and you can sneak in the back and watch it with an audience and kind of get the experience of what it's like. And uh, if you're doing a stage play, similar kind mm-hmm. of you know thing, or uh, but. TV, you know, uh, you're not allowed to sneak into people's homes anymore <laughs> because of the restraining orders I have. And no, but you're not, uh, you know, you're not allowed to actually. You don't see it with an audience. So you don't actually see what people in their homes, how they are enjoying or not enjoying the thing you did. Right. So it's really nice when we can hear feedback from fans and have them uh, say, you know, what the show meant to them or what they felt watching it. It's it's exciting feedback for us so we are really thankful that you uh, have provided that for us yeah and and i'm pretty sure i'm talking for steve and, and william as well we really want to thank you for coming on the show tonight this was great for you guys to do it yeah. thank ah, you our pleasure Absolutely. thank you and uh, you yeah. guys are always welcome back on um and i know you don't your next project isn't announced yet so we don't have anything we can point people toward but if they haven't seen lego star wars and like, why are you listening to this? If you haven't seen it, go yeah. stop everything right Please now go and go it. watch it. Yeah. Um, Search it out. Definitely go check it out. It, Buy it. It's on the, promote the show. The Disney yeah, Now the, app. The the Freemaker Adventures are on uh, iTunes, YouTube, Amazon. Uh, Amazon. You can you can find them everywhere. For some reason, and I'm not I haven't got a clear why. answer why. Lego Star Wars All Stars is only available on uh, the Disney Now app, which if you have Disney XD, you can mm-hmm. can check it all out there. I presume at some point there will be a DVD release and there will be, you know, iTunes and all the rest of it, but yes. um, it oh. doesn't seem to be doing it right now. We just sure. make this stuff. We don't yeah. put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you okay. guys do a great job. And thanks again. And uh, you are yeah, always you. welcome back on. Thanks, guys. Thanks. So again, we want to thank uh, Bill and Bob for joining us on the show. It was always a pleasure talking with them. Absolutely. And yeah, they're, they're great having such on. Such a wealth of information. I have to say, Tom, Stephen, I'm sad that that the, the Lego Star Wars series as we know it is is coming to a close. I am. That was by far the worst news I was expecting to hear in this interview. Yeah, yeah but one but, thing I found interesting... The the little references that were given in there while they did the interviews of things that influenced them uh, while they were writing the show and other things. Yeah. So oh, no, it's, I these are some of my th- favorite things we get to do on the podcast is kind of not just review review something that we watch, but understand like how did it come to be? Yeah, it's the thinking like, process. And I just want to say I fully sympathize with them. I'm not good at coming with the names, period. So <laughs> Star Wars names especially can be tricky for sure. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, because it's trying to make them work and make them believable. That's what's hard. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, um, we we will definitely be reviewing the season in depth. It's been a, a busy, busy fall, but we will be reviewing it very soon. Um, you know, early early next year probably. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. Uh, in the meantime, this is our last episode for the year. So we wish all of you. Uh, a great rest of the year, um, and I hope you all have time, a great time with your families over Christmas and the holidays. And, and stay safe out there. Yeah, and, uh, and we'll be back on uh, January 6th with our review of Resistance Season 1, Episode 12, Bebo. I have no idea what, that's, what that means, but we'll find out. That sounds like a very interesting title. It, I hate to say this, it almost scares me. You know, Tom, did... You watched the Flash TV series, right? Uh, I thought you were going to say Legends of Tomorrow. Also Legends of Tomorrow, yes. There you go. Gotcha. Okay. I just watched season three on uh, Netflix. So I guess I'm a year uh-huh. behind. So something okay. named Bebo sounds yep. really funny to me. Yep, 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 yep. Interesting. Yep. I, as someone who's not seen that, I'm very curious. So we'll, uh, we'll see. Bebo is basically like the Tickle Me Elmo doll of oh, the Legends, like the, oh, the Marvel Universe. Don't, don't, and it, don't, gets, don't, don't. it gets really weird. So weird. you're saying Tora has a Bebo. I Tordosa possibly in her room. I don't know. Weirder things have happened. Yeah. I guess I'm <laughs> saying. 
I'm, I, I, we don't know, folks. It just anyway. And on that weird note, we will leave you for the rest of the year, and we'll be back. Have a good, have a good year. We'll be back in 2019 uh, with our review of Bebo. So stay tuned. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.